The scripture passage this morning comes from the second chapter of Ephesians, verses 11 through 22. It's one of the great passages in our scriptures that speak to the power of Christ to overcome divisions, even that archetypal division between Jew and Gentile, that is, between the circumcised and the uncircumcised. As we prepare to hear this reading of God's word, let's pray. Loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. As we prepare to hear it now read and proclaimed, may your Holy Spirit illumine our minds. We long to hear what you would say to us. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our bodies to receive the direction, the support, the encouragement, the guidance, the challenge that you have for us. May it be your words that we hear. Speak, O Lord, for your servants are listening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hear these words from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, 11 through 22. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He's abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances so that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father." So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God." Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Well, I've been preaching this sermon series on faith and technology. I've entitled this series, OK Computer. And if you asked me to summarize in a single word why I have said OK computer over these last two years, why I have said in a host of ways yes to new technology, to diving in to Zoom, for example, to learning live streaming, to learning open broadcast software, to even learning what a graphic processing unit is and how to use it, thanks in part to Trevor, I could answer why I've done all of that in a single word. 
If you've asked why I've engaged in social media in new forms over these past two years and in experimental ways, even if it was bewildering at times, the reason is clear and can be summarized in a word, and I suspect it's the same word you might use for why you have engaged in online teaching, online physical therapy, online prayer, online worship. The one word, of course, is connection, connection. Once the stay-at-home order was issued, if we wanted to connect with one another outside the walls of our various homes, technology was how we did it, right? That was how we did it. That's how we went to school or work or hung out with friends or played games together. And as a Christian for these past 18 months, if you or if I wanted to pray corporately, if we wanted to join in communal worship or group Bible study, We needed technology to do that, right? That was how we connected, and we looked to technology to help us provide that connection when otherwise we were bound within the walls of our various homes. And so you and I said in various ways, okay, computer. And there are profound ways that technology has allowed us to connect. Those of you who are joining us from your homes right now are connecting with us through live streaming technology. And even if you're here and you're thinking, thank heaven, now I can escape technology for just a little bit. Unfortunately, you're hearing me through this technological apparatus called a microphone. And you also heard the band and were invited to sing along through technology that provides for amplification. We know even right now technology provides powerful ways to connect. But we also know there are profound ways technology can divide. The digital divide is a term that's used often today, and it refers most often to the gap between those who've benefited from the digital age and those who have not, between those with ready access to good internet and all that provides and those who don't have it. Those without access to the internet or without a good connection in the digital age are placed at a great disadvantage when education and commerce and community all take place online. This past Wednesday, a client of the Shower of Hope came to the office to talk to Alice, our office manager, and me. The Shower of Hope is a program that provides free showers each Wednesday on the Knox campus. Well, after getting a shower, this person came over to ask us about connecting with a particular 12-step group for recovery. And there are a host of groups, but most of them right now are meeting online. And we could provide him various websites. There's wonderful ways to connect locally or even nationally with other groups, but all these resources are online. Thank heaven for a local public library that can provide that resource. But in even inviting him there, we realize that the technology of actually connecting online, that's going to be hard to do in a 12-step group in a computer that takes place in a library. It was like there was a digital wall separating this fellow from that kind of community he was yearning for in a 12-step recovery group, digital divide. 
There's a global digital divide. According to recent statistics, just three countries, China, the U.S., and Japan, host more than half of the globally installed bandwidth potential. That means people from those three countries have more than half of the world's resources to connect online. That is a digital divide. But there are still other ways I think we can speak meaningfully about a digital divide today. There's this irony that we look to these tools of technology to connect, and sometimes they can provide that. Other times, and I know you've experienced this, they can leave us feeling divided or disconnected. So this last Wednesday, we had a deacons meeting Wednesday morning. So I'm trying to log on to this meeting, and for whatever reason, Zoom is wonky on my machine that day. So I finally am able to join the meeting late, frustrated because of that. We have one of our deacons who is joining us from Santa Barbara, which on one hand is remarkable, great that we can connect across distances, but unfortunately her internet connection wasn't great, so she kept coming in and out, in and out, showing up sometimes on two screens rather than just one. Another one of our deacons was connecting while he was driving. Thankfully, he wasn't using the video, connecting, and then once he got home, he then turned on the video. That's what we want. Don't Zoom and drive, people, please. But he came in and out, and then another one of our members was struggling with her voice, and Zoom is not friendly to that. She knows, of course, jump to chat, but then we've got to navigate comments made in the chat that sometimes lag behind comments that are said in real time. And after two of our deacons both had to, were off or basically got disconnected at the same time, I wanted to throw something at the screen. You felt that way, haven't you? Maybe when you've tried to log on for worship one Sunday and your internet's not cooperating. If you're joining us online right now, please, in the comments section, feel free to write about some frustrating experience you've had with technology. Vent, if you like. We've been there too. These tools that we look to can connect, can provide that sometimes, and other times they can leave us feeling profoundly divided, a digital divide. And we know, too, social media can be a powerful way of connecting, especially during these past couple years, linking people together. We also know it can exacerbate partisan divisions, dehumanize those of other perspectives if we're not careful, or allow misinformation to spread. It can invite us to compare our behind-the-scenes reality show to other people's highlights reel, you know? And that's not a fair comparison. They've noted how it can leave people, if they're not careful, feeling bad about themselves and disconnected when we sought connection. So what is God up to in a day of digital connection and digital divide? What is God up to? Well, today's passage from Ephesians highlights God's power to overcome a seemingly impenetrable divide, the mother of all divides back in the time of Jesus and the earliest expressions of the Christian church. Today's passage addresses the archetypal division of first century Jewish life, the one separating Jew from non-Jew or Gentile, that 
dividing wall between Jew and Gentile took various forms. You could see it in the temple, in Herod's temple before it was destroyed by Rome in 70 CE. In that temple, there was a court of the Gentiles where those who were not Jews were able to enter and to visit. But then there was a fence that divided that court of the Gentiles from interior areas of the temple to which only Jews could go. And archaeologists have found a sign that was placed on that fence that warns even death could ensue for someone who's not part of the nation of Israel, not part of the ancient Jewish people entering beyond that fence. That was a serious boundary. Another way we read about this divide taking shape between Jew and Gentile back in the first century, of course, was the Mosaic Law. Its statutes and precepts separated Jewish people in their life and practices from Gentiles. Those statutes included commandments and statutes and practices to follow, like obeying the Sabbath, but also like dietary laws, not eating pork, for example. It included the practice for males of circumcision, a physical mark in the flesh of difference and distinction between Jew and Gentile. The dividing wall between Jew and Gentile was even imagined as a kind of national border. The Jewish people of that time saw themselves as part of the commonwealth of Israel. That's a phrase we read in today's passage from Ephesians. And if you weren't a part of that nation, it was like you were a part of another country, an alien or a stranger, as non-Jews are referred to in today's passage before the work of Christ. But then we read, amidst all these deep-seated divisions between Jew and Gentile, we read in today's text how Christ accomplished something miraculous. Christ made peace between these two groups. He abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances, making Himself the organizing principle or, as we sang this morning, the cornerstone, allowing both Jews and Gentiles access to God in one spirit. He made both Jews and Gentiles members of one household of God, one temple in which the Spirit dwells. Now, when we read of Christ abolishing the law, we note from the Gospels Jesus Himself referred to the authority of the Ten Commandments. He even referenced the Mosaic Law and summed it up in those two commandments to love God and to love your neighbor. And so we believe this reference in Ephesians to abolishing the law didn't mean removing the moral code of the Jewish law, which Jesus upheld. Instead, as Ephesians imagine it, Christ removed the law as a dividing principle. All are now allowed access to the promises of God through Christ, rather than through obedience to the statutes of the ancient Jewish law. And how did Christ accomplish this remarkable reconciliation, making peace, breaking down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile? Ephesians imagines our Lord's life and death as a sacrifice that brings reconciliation, not only between humanity and God, but between human beings who had long been separated, those, the one who brought God's love near to us and was faithful even to death, offered what we could not, the perfect offering to God. And by faith in Christ, whether Jew or Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, we have access to God by the Spirit. We're part of what Ephesians calls a new humanity, a new humanity 
the cross exposed in Jesus' time the futility and falsehood of a system of death and domination, and it lifted up instead the nonviolent power of love, that love shown on the cross. That was the love we believe came near to us in Christ. Well, this overcoming of division between Jew and Gentile is just one expression of God's reconciling work in Christ. In the grand opening of Ephesians, we read it was God's will, pleasure, and plan set forth in Christ in the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. The plans and purposes of God we read in Ephesians is connection, the ultimate connection of all things in Christ. And to show God's power to do this, God even bridged that archetypical dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, uniting both to God in Christ. So how's God at work in the world when we encounter digital divide today? How is God at work in Christ? How is God at work when some have access to the technology that others lack or where technological tools we look to for connection can leave us sometimes divided instead? Well, according to Ephesians, God is at work in Christ as God has been for two millennia, bringing people together, overcoming walls of separation like the digital divide. As believers, we hold this truth. Christ has reconciled us to one another and to God in Christ. We are connected through Christ, united through Him to others as one body. The dividing wall has been broken down, and I don't know about you, but one way I have made it through this pandemic time and endure to this day, as in many ways, it continues, is to savor this fact that I am, I am reconciled to God and to you all and to the larger body of Christ through His work on the cross. I am connected to others through Him. I hold that. I savor it in communities like that. I celebrate it when I can only worship online, but it is a reality made so by God's work in Christ. And even if technological connections are imperfect, sometimes they can point us to that wonderful reality. Deanna Thompson writes of a time she awoke to her connection to the body of Christ and how it happened through a technological tool. Deanna Thompson writes about how back in her 30s she had been dismissive of digital forms of connection. She'd been very critical of those who might let their cell phones, for example, separate them from real human community. She notes she is still critical of that. You know how a phone can emerge and separate you from an opportunity to talk with somebody right in front of you. But at age 41, she had an awakening to that mystical connection she has with others and with God in Christ that can be known or reminded through a digital tool. At 41, she was diagnosed with breast cancer that had metastasized into her bones, fracturing vertebrae in her back. In a few months, she went from being a healthy religion professor, wife and mother, to a virtual invalid with a broken back, stage four cancer, and a grim prognosis. Soon after she received her diagnosis, Thomas, 
notes that her husband set up a Caring Bridge website. Are you familiar with Caring Bridge? We've recently had one set up. Uh, our, one of our deacons has Christy Jenstead set it up for Jenny Segoyan as she endures a bout with leukemia. Through this Caring Bridge website, Thompson notes how she had the opportunity to post how she was doing. Initially, she was dismissive of the idea, but as she did it, she began to receive emails and care packages and notes from people. She learned that some of her Roman Catholic friends had shared the word with people around the world, and now there were Catholic churches in Sri Lanka and in India praying for this Minnesota Lutheran. And that was a powerful expression for her as she endured the suffering of that time that she was not alone in her hospital room. Instead, she was bound together with others through the work of Christ. Now, still, Thompson remains an enormous fan of the local church, her local Lutheran parish in particular. There's nothing like a real person visiting her in the hospital, she noted, that embodied presence, nothing like it. It was a gift. It continues to be a gift, she notes, to be able to gather with other people in person, but for that time in the hospital and even during the week and in so many other times of her life, how powerful a thing to remember through a digital tool that she is connected to others in Christ. God is at work overcoming the dividing wall in Christ. And one final word to us, given this reality, we get to go out and proclaim that, to be part of the embodiment of that expression of community that we know in Christ that is a reality for us who cling to Him and that sign of a new humanity that is breaking in even now. We get to go out and proclaim that. I want to close by lifting up one expression of this church that has emerged in recent years thanks to the Holy Spirit's work in the heart, mind, and imagination of ruling elder Mike Veerman. You see, we Christians can speak out against the digital divide and advocate for greater access to the Internet, especially for the poor, especially for the poor. But there are also ways that we can provide training or assistance. And Mike began to ask the question, hey, if people like Janice and Eric can offer their skills as musicians and support a local church in its music ministry, what about a person who might have computer programming skills and background? How might that serve the ministry of a local church? And so God put on his mind and heart this notion of hope IT, hope IT. With the Spirit's prompting, this is an effort to help underserved kids in the Pasadena area to undo educational and economic inequalities and offer technical skills in the name of Christ. Hope IT has offered courses here at Knox that introduce young people, some from Door of Hope, some from local group foster homes, others from local churches, to the Python programming language. The courses have taught youth how to create cameras out of raspberry pies. I don't even know how to do that. And do data analysis with Google Data Studio. I've never used that before. Lord have mercy, I don't think I'd want to touch that. This past school year, Mike notes, even with the pandemic, how one of the girls in this program not only learned how to create a website with WordPress, but learned how to teach others how to do that. 
Jim Rispin, William Mawewe, and others have partnered with this effort of the Spirit, one that proclaims in word and deed a God who overcomes the digital divide. We are one body of Christ, friends. We are expressions of His love out in the world. We are connected. We are part of God's plan to bring all things in heaven and on earth together in Christ who is our cornerstone. Savor that good news and share it with the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.